conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash Girls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash Girls. Sign up today. My cup runneth over because I'm always spilling the tea. My vaccine is modern, but my shade is old fashioned. (laughs) So shambly. (laughs) Mine was like, as I was saying it out loud, I was like, oh, Jesus, I'm really trying to paint a fucking picture with this one. (laughs) And I don't know what kind. I don't know if I was drawing inside the lines, but um, we'll see. It's artistic anyway. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode 210. So much is happening today. Today was a meant to be recording date. We're celebrating my co-host getting vaccinated. We are celebrating Beverly Hills getting whatever the fuck is happening there. I just have to introduce him because we need to dive in. He is the content manager, comma, pop culture at Betches Media, co-host of the podcast Mention It All, and creator of Bravo by Betches. You guys, welcome back to the People's People's Couch, Dylan Hafer. Hello, hello. Excited to be back. It's been a while. Neither (laughs) of us know how long. (laughs) So I thought you were like literally just on the podcast because we talk every day throughout the day. (laughs) about walking I'll usually talk about walking a lot and you'll talk about walking a lot and you have more like boy story stuff than I do I I have memories from years past to sustain me through (laughs) this time I'll get a voice note from you that's just like full like Mm -hmm. the wind in the background and I know you're on the ferry (laughs) (laughs) I love to send an almost inaudible voice memo a voice memo voice note voice novel voice memoir I just it brings me a lot of joy and also for some reason like I don't know sometimes I'm like not thrilled about receiving them but I love sending them because I am a monologuist so it just like makes me happy to do it I will say sometimes though I I enjoy receiving a voice note I only have a few 
friends that really utilize them. So it's like a kind of novel. But sometimes I'll be I'll be texting with you and I'm like, okay, I'm watching this episode of this show right now. And then you respond with a two minute voice note. And I'm like, no, I'm watching it right now. (laughs) I do not care. I literally, I will send like four minute voices, which is P.S. It is a, it is a dangerous thing. It's like skydiving with your phone because oftentimes it could crash out, like it could X out. Then it's like, what did I say? I was giving pearls of, I was giving all of myself in this thing, and now I have to start over. Like it's not even worth it there's, at a certain point. There's nothing more humiliating than re-recording a voice note. That you're like, okay, like, oh, let me see if I remember my talking points. Like, what was I going to say? And it's a message that's going to disappear in three minutes. Oh, my God. I know. And now I've started to keep some of them because Mm. whoever goes, I never go back in text messages ever. It's like once I've typed it, it's done. But I do like a historical archive. Like if I'm sending like something really great, I want to know that one day years from now, future generations of me, just of my personality, will be able to look back into the archives and say, oh, remember when she said that funny thing about that hinge swipe or something that she experienced literally six years ago, but is carrying with her. It's like, if you ever decide to do stand up, like that's how you're going to like, mm. you're like, let me find every funny thing I've ever said. Let me re listen to all of this and see if there are any nuggets. <laughs> I don't mean this as an insult, which is the perfect way to begin any sentence. Of course. Um, But you know, I've never done stand up. But the fact that Hannah is doing it makes me feel like I could do it. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, it feels accessible because you are watching someone who has, I, I don't know what her, I mean, I should know. I've had her on the show. We've talked at length. Like, I, I don't remember her background, but I think she's like, you know, like has a funny voice, blah, blah, blah. And the fact that she's been able to translate that into stand-up comedy, which is a totally different muscle to exercise, yeah. is fascinating to me. Are you familiar at all with um, Claudia no. Oshry, a.k.a. Girl With No Job? Isn't she the uh, one morning, of the toast? Morning Toast. Yeah, she... She was kind of similar. I mean, like, not endorsing that whole thing. But she did a similar thing where she was just kind of, like, known as a funny person and then now does, like, a stand-up tour. And she, I heard her talk on, in, like, some random clubhouse room about how, like, she was doing this, like, live show thing that was something else. And she was just like, let me put, let me do five minutes of stand-up. And it went well. So she started, like adding on to it and now she does like an hour set and like I don't I don't particularly enjoy her like I that whole thing is not for me (laughs) but it's interesting that clearly her she has this fan base and it works for them and like she basically just like started doing stand-up even though she wasn't like air quotes a comedian I don't know I guess it's good that you can you know find different lanes for yourself I mean, I honestly, I know more about her mother from the New York Post yeah, than that's, I do that's, about her. It's a, it's a troubled, <laughs> a troubled lineage. That's part of the, yeah, that's part of the reason I like hesitate said, to even like bring personal. her up. But her stand-up journey seems mm-hmm. similar to Hannah's whole thing. I mean, do you remember this? I'm. It must have been you that I asked, but someone said something to me, and they like 
said something on Instagram, something toaster, and I had no idea, and I thought it was like something that like we the youth yes. say, but I had just forgotten. And I texted <laughs> you, like, you. Is this DM an insult? I, like, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what it meant. It was like I bet you're a toaster. Like, are you a toaster? And I thought that meant like drugs or something, which I guess isn't that far off from the high that you have to have. To you're like, is this person coming for me? And I'm like, Sarah, no, it's literally about a podcast, but. <laughs> I was like, I don't get it. I thought like toast. And then I was like, wait, like I'm toasted, but that doesn't work in the context of whatever <laughs> dumb shit I was saying at that point. Um, <sighs> I, I don't know. I'm more of a bagel person myself, but God bless all the toasters out there. I wish you well on your journey. And um, what an interesting trip this episode is. <laughs> I know. So anyway, so stand up comedy. <laughs> I take sta- so anyway, we take it very seriously. Shouldn't we do it? I feel like we should just do it, which is so insulting because stand-up comedy is is no, genuinely yeah. a craft. It really, really is. But I really feel like I want to do that sometimes. I, I feel no, like I don't. I would die. A couple years ago, I maybe had it in the back of my head that I'm like, oh yeah, like that's something that I should try and like see if it's something mm-hmm. that I'm into. And now it's not like I'm like, oh, I would never do stand-up comedy, but like. It's not something that I just assume I'm going to do at some point. Well, I think what helps also is that we both studied musical theater <laughs> performance. Like, so we have, we no, but like, seriously, like we've been on stages past. So it's not, it, it is a big leap when you get into the comedy world. But as far as performing, being comfortable on a stage, yeah. even by yourself, playing an extension of yourself that, that is, isn't that's super true. outside, like, you know? It's I know not like people you who have, have started, never had performing. I know people who have started doing stand-up and, like, the the biggest part of it is, like, be, getting on a stage and, like, the act of, yeah. like, being in front of an audience. And for me, mm-hmm. it's more like I would be nervous about, like, the things I was going to say. Not, like, how do I, how do I stand in a room? A hundred people in a room. I mean, I would need to do that thing that I think like Chris Rock does it and Jerry Seinfeld 100% does and Chappelle, I think, does where they have that thing. It's like super expensive. But when you sit in your seat, you have to put your phone inside it or something so that you fancy Ziploc bags. Yes, it's like some crazy security thing because I couldn't have a single person because Lord only knows I'm not going to know what the fuck is coming out of my mouth. I never do. It would be problematic. I know. It would be bad. The first time I ever heard about that was like Pete Davidson was doing stand up and I guess he Mm. was like workshopping stuff for his new special and so they didn't want any of it to leak. So they were doing that. and It probably did. I haven't like, I haven't like gone, I haven't seen stand up that much. I've gone to like smaller shows and stuff, but I'm not like buying tickets to Jerry Seinfeld. Should I? Mm -mm. Is that a thing I should do? I mean, Jerry, if you're listening... I know the Comedy Center just reopened. Hit me with Jerry the comps. did a set and <laughs> Amy did a set. My peeps, Jerry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So that's great. Shout out to the comedy people. Um, We are contemporaries <laughs> of theirs and appreciate their support. Can I ask you a question quasi-related? What are your thoughts on Des? Because this whole Summer House thing, and he's a comedian, except I thought he was very different from never having ever heard him speak or communicate aside from social media. That like the long form of it, which is like a minute on Summer House, I'm very conflicted about how I feel. Yeah, um, I am. I hope Hannah is happy. She seems happy. Um, I like Hannah mm-hmm. 
great girl. Um, she beautiful clothes, beautiful gorgeous gowns. gowns. Um, gorgeous gowns, beautiful gowns. I thought th- their whole thing this past episode when he showed up to the house, I found it a little distasteful. It wasn't. Um, it, it, the fact that they were having sex in people's bedrooms and I mean, bathrooms? I mean, certainly. Like, marking their territory? Certainly that part of it. I just found everything about the way they were interacting, both with each other and with the other people in the house, to be just, like, a little off. And it felt very performative yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. The whole, I mean, the whole having sex in every room seemed extremely performative because, you know, they were literally just running around the house, like, you know, the giddy little yeah like it was very weird to me and then when they were at dinner and he was telling the story of how they had sex on the second date Mm -hmm. it just felt like they were trying very hard from the second he got there to like show everyone how you know amazing it's going and how hot they are for each other and it just felt like it felt like you're doing a little too much like you don't need to you don't need to give it all to us in the first 10 minutes that you're in the house. I don't know. I I don't I don't know about him as a person. I thought though their their convo in the hot tub where he's like, I don't know, like can I, do I call you my girlfriend? Like do you want to be my girlfriend? That's a little to me like, okay, you're in your 40s, like this is a little cringe, but to each their own, I guess. If they're clicking on that level, then I guess that's all that matters. <laughs> How thrilled do I sound about this situation? <laughs> Super thrilled. With the when it comes to being performative, I agree with that. I also think sometimes are people people are genuinely performative in their relationships, regardless of whether or not they have TV cameras, you know, secretly record or not so secretly recording them. Where it's like the, I just met you and I love you and you are the best and we're so great together and that's fuck on the dryer and whatever terrible thing that they're doing at any I mean not terrible I just I I respect laundry I love doing it <laughs> it's my safe space and I just can't imagine making my washer and by my I mean my buildings who are we kidding just a participant in that um but I I don't know I don't know I I think some people are just like they're putting on a show and the show is like this weird you know two person act you know one thing that I think might be kind of a thing that just occurred to me I feel like everyone in the house for the most part feels more mature this season like we Mm. have Kyle and Carl seem to really have you know kind of settled a little bit um totally you know Paige seems very chill this season she's not Mm -hmm. you know like the her first season when she had the whole thing with Carl like it felt very like you know, maybe a little thirsty, whatever. She seems very settled, even though her relationship is yikes. Um, you and know, at, P.S. She seems really mature because she knows that her relationship isn't what she wants anymore. Right. That's a huge sign of maturity you know, and growth. Absolutely. Lindsay's thing with with Stephen. I mean, Lindsay will be Lindsay, but you know, everyone just seems like they have grown in some way. And I feel like mm-hmm. the hard thing with Hannah and why a lot of people have been having trouble with her this season is that it feels like she has stayed in the same place or maybe even backslid a little bit. And the the way that she's kind of going about this whole Luke drama and then the Kyle stuff, it feels mm-hmm. like she's, you know, playing on a different kind of level than the rest of them. And that n- mm-hmm. nobody else in the house really seems quite as interested in, like, the petty bullshit 
anymore. And I think it's fun to watch that stuff on a reality show. Obviously, we love drama. We love fighting, all that stuff. But when you're the only person on the show who seems like that's still what you're interested in, I think it can quickly start to look like you are, you know, maybe don't really fit in with the group that well or whatever. I mean, we've seen this season. Paige seems to be like kind of over her stuff at some points. Like she's like, I don't know, like I'm stuck between Hannah and Amanda, but like I'm kind of on Amanda's side for this one. And I think a couple of seasons ago, we wouldn't have really seen that dynamic but now it's kind of like mm-hmm. I don't know it feels like everybody else is moving forward and it's interesting to see everyone else in the cast is you know doing winter house hanging out with the southern charm cast still we've seen um mm-hmm. Paige and Sierra were in Charleston this weekend like it feels like everyone has kind of um like gelled together outside of summer house and I feel like Hannah hasn't really been around for any of that and I know we're in a pandemic mm-hmm. still so maybe that's part of it but I don't know I think it's a val it's a valid valuable point. An odd thing that occurs to me and I could be completely off with this is you know there have been many many people who have had to move because of COVID, many of whom have moved back home with their families or whomever because things have been so unstable or you know like if you're a New Yorker it's really been incredibly difficult we don't have like a yard to go to or anything else so if you have the choice of spending several months in your apartment or if you there's family you can safely live with for a long period of time many many people have been choosing the latter I wonder if Hannah is the only person in the cast that I know of who went back home and then went from being back home directly into the house because the only reason I raise that which may have nothing to do with her behavior but there is this like sliding back into terrible traditional and sometimes very toxic roles when you're an adult child back in your family house where it's like you know your parents treat you a certain way or it's like triggering and really frustrating and annoying and even without thinking sometimes you slide back into like really unfortunate um almost like playing the part of who you were then but you know decades later in many cases and for hannah because i know because i follow her on instagram i know that she was back (laughs) home i forget if it was long island or Staten. it's long island right yeah shelter island like wait or Staten island yeah shelter island so she went from there straight into summer house if i remember correctly aside from Luke maybe who was back home but is a very different personality type I wonder if that has anything to do with her feeling a little bit more reactive than she normally is because she had just come from like the family of it all and the stress of just everyone's dealing with enormous stress but just specific to family roles I know that Paige was also home for a while because I remember fine just no 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 but I think so I remember (laughs) when they did their like janky ass watch what happens live zoom reunion last year Paige was like in her parents hallway or something and I remember at one point on Instagram it was like oh like I'm spending the next two weeks staying with Perry and it was the vibe was kind of weird because it was very like Mm -hmm. okay it feels like you like are staying with your parents then you're staying with your boyfriend for two weeks and like it felt like staying with her boyfriend for two weeks was like a kid going to camp or something. And Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe 
in a similar way, like you were saying, Hannah, with her family stuff, like maybe that same dynamic kind of showed Paige that she and Perry weren't really in the same place. That it's like, if you've been with this guy for over a year and you're going to stay with him for two weeks, like that shouldn't really feel like some sort of like magical, mystical, weird yeah, thing of like, house. how does this work? It's like, you're just like spending time together. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's two weeks. Um, yeah. I'm curious yeah. to see kind of what Paige is up to now, like how she does on Winter House, um, maybe this next season on Summer House. Cause um, I'm excited to see her post Perry. Cause she seems very mm-hmm. sort of like waiting around to pull the trigger on this season of Summer House that it's like, I think in her heart of hearts, she knows that it's not like meant to be at this point, but obviously there's... You mean her relationship with Perry? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see kind of how she develops after that is like in the rearview mirror, because I think it could be good for her. Yeah, it's interesting to see like the little threads of tension between them. And we know in real time that they're still like BFF and they have the Giggly Squad, which is enormously popular and everything else. And, you know, Hannah has fucking chat room, you know, so it's like they're all doing different projects. That's true. Um, I forgot about chat room because it's like obviously uh, like getting invited to do Winter House is like a whole thing. But Hannah is also on mm -hmm. two Bravo shows a week currently, so... Yeah, which is a very big deal. So, I mean, I guess we'll <laughs> watch what happens there. <laughs> Listen, speaking of... <laughs> I hate myself. Speaking of watching, I did a 35-minute Patreon this afternoon because my favorite thing to do in the world is to do a live reaction recording to trailers as they come out. The As I said, I spoke about this on the Patreon, that I have not been sleeping well, by which I mean I think I've been sleeping too much. And my sleeping – I took a nap two days ago, and it has fucked me up for days. I am not a nap person. I'm vehemently anti-nap. Dorinda, do not slide into my DMs. It has, like, completely thrown me off. But anyway, I woke up late this morning and saw that the BH trailer was out and was like, oh, my God gotta watch it it's only like nine years too late and so i watched it and for the patreon live reaction i had a fucking blast which means i feel very strongly that the season's gonna be a crisis but they do know how to edit themselves a trailer i what were your thoughts i have to agree i feel like all of us that have taste are um (laughs) are trepidatious about beverly hills at this point um we've Mm. been we've been hoodwinked before but i we've been wronged before i will say like no matter what we end up thinking about this season that was a damn good trailer and i think i it's so funny because people were comparing it naturally to the new york trailer and how the new york trailer essentially has no plot in it like it doesn't feel like we're really getting any kind of actual preview of like storylines or anything but you just kind of feel like it's going to be fun Whereas I think Beverly yeah, you Hills, know the New York energy is consistent. You know, Beverly what the New Hills York energy is going to be like tends to go in the opposite direction. Where obviously with Erica mm-hmm. this season, there's this big kind of scandal looming. Everybody wants to get to the bottom of it. Who knows how much getting to the bottom of we're actually going to have on the season? But they are so good at editing those trailers to really like suck my like suck my attention into the screen. I was watching it mm-hmm. and I. 
So when these trailers come out, I try to post them like as on my Instagram account as fast as possible. So I was screen recording the first time I was watching it. And mm. <laughs> so this is so dumb. But the when you screen record on a Mac, it records the audio that's like coming out of your speakers, not the audio that's like happening on the screen. So if mm-hmm. I like make a noise in the room, it catches it on the recording. So you had to keep redoing it? No. So I I had to like stop myself from like gasping or laughing or there were a few moments where I was like uh, uh, <laughs> trying not to. They it's such I just think it's a great trailer and the music in the the first minute music, it's like the soundtrack to Sicario, which is like <laughs> Intense, super intense. They show Erica. I just did a head tell. I don't know what Sicario is. It's the that drug cartel movie with Emily Blunt and uh, Benicio del Toro. It's great. You should watch it. Oh, I need to watch it. Um, I watch it. And that like Garcelle and Erica are like sitting on a this like perched rock in the middle of the desert. Like it just felt so dramatic. And I love that Sutton has diamond. Um, I loved the little tidbits we saw of Kathy and of Crystal. I just, I'm, I'm amped for it. I'm, I know to have, you know, modest expectations, but I'm ready to dig in and see how they disappoint us. I mean, I get, I got really into this on the Patreon because it's the first time watching and I kept pressing pause to be like, wait, I just have five minutes on Kathy Hilton. I just need to talk about this before I like move on. I'm so excited for the Kathy renaissance that we are, that is embarking upon us all. I think she is so interesting. She has made a great success of herself and has been able to monetize with her husband the Hilton name, which didn't necessarily come with it, the check that we think it did, but they mm-hmm. were able to, you know, make a big fucking deal of their lives, at least when it comes financially and also socially and everything else in her odd, odd, odd relationship with her sisters is so endlessly fascinating because they are three incredibly different kinds of women and yet, obviously, raised by Big Kathy and traumatized, I would think, in, in many ways by that experience in their childhood and working and helping support the family and everything else. I find her so fascinating. And I really think she's going to love this. Like, I genuinely think she is going to love this. I, I'm excited for her. I'm curious to see whether how much Kathy we're really getting and whether mm. so we have a couple scenes in the trailer that are just her and Kyle and i'm curious mm-hmm. if are there a lot of those kind of scenes or are those kind of are they showing us what they have in the trailer because i'm oh, so yeah. i'm so intrigued to see a new angle of the richards family dynamic mm-hmm. and i think obviously we've gotten so much of the Kyle and Kim dynamic in the last decade And Kathy has always been, I mean, she's been on the periphery, but barely even that. Like, she really has stayed out of it when it comes to what we're seeing on the show. And we've gotten, Mm -hmm. you know, mentions of Kathy and she pops up at a party sometimes. But we really haven't gotten any input from her when it comes to what we see on the show. So I'm so interested to see, I'm interested to know kind of what's up with Kim and how you know, she gets brought up. We see her get brought up in the trailer. But I'm also just really interested to see how Kyle and Kathy interact with each other because 
I think, I mean, we know when Kyle was doing her American Woman show a few years mm-hmm. ago, that was a point of contention, contention between the sisters that Kathy and Kyle were not on the same side of. Um, you know, I it, they, like you said, they're two very different people. And it's I think it's tempting sometimes to think about it as like Kyle and Kathy are like the successful, rich quote unquote normal ones and then Kim is kind of like the mm-hmm. the oddball sister who like mm-hmm. doesn't own a home and like all, all of this lives has in a condo. Has yeah, and yeah, 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 obviously she's she's gone through a lot and I think while that's true in some senses, Kyle and Kathy are also super different. Probably don't always we know they don't always get along and so I'm I'm curious to see kind of how that um gets brought into the show and I'm excited that we get to experience it because if you had asked if even a couple years ago I never would have thought that Kathy would say yes to this mm-hmm. so I'm curious how many times they asked her <laughs> oh completely agree and every I'm sure season it's been an ongoing every conversation season. for a while and I'm sure Kyle has been a part of that as far as like oh yeah but like what about um this other person or like these two other people or how about if I give you double Faye? like she doesn't I don't know that she's wanted this to happen but I do think that everyone in the cast probably hopefully at some point recognized that last season did not go off super well and so I think that there's a mutual understanding noting that Kathy is as aloof as Kyle is warm and so just watching that and I mean at the end of the day Kathy's the big sister she's the big sister and they're you know big three and wait is she the yeah it's Kathy then Kathy Kim Kyle Kyle yeah and I mean that plays an enormous um uh, that has uh, enormous power, I think, in their relationships and dynamics and something that Kathy might hold over with Kyle because, you know, when Kyle was still, you know, struggling with Mauricio, Kathy had kind of like hit it big. So I'm, I'm, I'm just honestly really excited to see it. I also thought, you know, at the beginning of the trailer, I was like, all right, here we go. It's going to be the divorce thing. Erica, I'm so sad. I'm so alone. And her cast members being like, I'm so sad. You're so alone. And the fact that, and again, as we know, who knows if accountability is actually going to happen, but it felt like she was being held accountable as far as real questions that people are asking and things that people are saying the dorit of it all with the orphans and and widows garcelle (laughs) i died when she said that i was like oh they are going there like good it's obvious that's what we're all talking about i yeah obviously we have no idea kind of how much her feet are going to be held to the fire when it comes to yeah really getting answers but the fact Mm -hmm. that just from the trailer we know that it's being discussed and that it's out there in the open um is definitely encouraging to me and to be honest like i don't i don't know how we could expect her to be super open about this stuff obviously she's not going to come on the show and be like yep bitches i scammed them all but (laughs) the fact that we knew kind of that sutton was going to be a little bit of the bone collector when it came to this Mm -hmm. storyline but the fact that we see Dorit bringing it up, Kyle asking questions, Garcelle pulling a face when she says that only Tom has the answers. it It's encouraging to me that clearly everyone in the cast is curious. And that I think is, you know, it opens up the possibility of something exciting and whether or not we fully go through that door. I'm glad that it's just 
it's not something that we're just not going to talk about. Yeah, I think it's promising. I think that this is like a promising trailer and we'll see how much of it, you know, becomes real. And also Beverly Hills has a track record for starting seasons off with a bang and then not being able to sustain. And so I think that's a concern for a lot of people. But I think because Sutton seemingly is getting into it with Crystal, who's a new housewife, with Uh, Erica Jane, which is the ugly leather pants moment. Iconic already. Oh, my God. Incredible. Incredible, completely iconic. And Jealous I, of you know what? I, I mean, and you Sutton is really you can tell in that moment she's like fucking pissed, which I am here for. I did not expect the friction between Sutton and Crystal, and I'm excited to unpack it and understand it more. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know the stuff with Erica Jane exploding on Sutton, which is so reminiscent of how she came apart at the scenes with Eileen. It's a different area than the world that we lived in that we thought Erica was a part of however many years ago where she just explodes on someone and has that moment and it's a bitchy whatever, whatever, because the stakes aren't just like Erica's triggered. The stakes are now us thinking in the back of our hell of our heads like was Erica involved in this? So when she's telling somebody to shut the fuck up and she's like trying to be mean and nasty, she's being so nasty and so rude. I'm thinking in the back of my head, cool, you're doing this because someone's asking you a question that surely thousands of people are sliding to your DMs about every single day. Are you pissed because you can't avoid that in the way that you can by having someone else do your social media? Or are you pissed because you know it's something that a lot of people are asking? This isn't just somebody innocuously, innocently, and possibly as an impact insensitively, but like saying something without meaning about your son versus like very real crime being committed that you may have known about. Yeah, there's a big difference between pissing off Pat the Puss Lady and pissing off like multi-million dollar (laughs) alleged fraudster. Like those are Mm -hmm. two different levels of like, it's one thing when it was like, Erica's a fierce bitch and you don't mess with her. And then now it's like, oh, Erica's like <laughs> been scamming people for years and like might have taken <laughs> might have taken money from plane crash survivor families Victims. and like right. now she's mad. Like it 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 feels more certainly more like sinister, I guess. Regardless of what, you know, yeah. fully ends up being true or, you know, if there are ever charges brought or anything, it just feels dirtier I mean the best case scenario is that she had no idea about any of this and he was transferring money into her accounts and she was just thinking oh there's a business reason for it or you know she was like looking the other way but the end of the day at the end of the day the the likelihood is strong that money that she was using to support this wild lifestyle that we have seen was paid for with stolen funds so it's like we want to know if you knew but regardless of whether or not you did you were still participating in this possibly without knowing any better just because the money that you were using was stolen money or was like not to say like laundered money but it was a like swimming up the river with other fish in that stream like you had real money that he had won from cases and stolen money and I don't know if that Birkin was paid for with like 33% of this and 66% of that but at the end of the day it's like that's a part of the problem here like the panther right. ring how who was paying for that 
technically Tom, but not really. The, you know, people the orphans and know the widows, darling. The orphans <laughs> and the widows. <laughs> oh. Um. Yeah, I think it. I. I. I was really excited by it. I'm. I'm curious to see how it'll go. I can't believe that Atlanta's next episode is the finale and then we don't get BH until a month from now but like well, okay god bless well I mean if we're getting like three reunion episodes of Atlanta it doesn't just end on Sunday yeah it's gonna be a month. I think no it ends it ends Andy told me he's not doing a reunion because he was so bored by Toya we were talking about it this morning over brunch oh okay yeah well <laughs> I'm bored by LaToya too so <laughs> um several questions about the episode that just happened as well as the after show what is going on why is the reunion i mean why is the finale next week when all this shit is like actually that wildly was, interesting to me that was my question real? so i think okay i don't remember if you remember in the fall but there i'm sure i don't <laughs> i'm sure you don't honestly <laughs> but <laughs> i i remember hearing originally from like I think pretty reliable sources that Cynthia's wedding was supposed to be basically the finale yes I remember this and so if you're thinking about it since then we've had the whole New Orleans trip was since then Mm -hmm. but other than that it they had this small business event that we saw last night there hasn't really been a lot going on in terms of like filming events whatever candy had her restaurant tasting i i feel like they probably you know i think they cut a fair amount from the beginning of filming you know that is what it is but it's almost like they had already extended filming by you know two or three weeks Mm -hmm. and had to be done or something because this Mm -hmm. was i mean this was in november i'm pretty sure which they premiered early December. So they were really, you know, kind of filming still at the last minute. And it's, it's too bad because it feels like they probably just sort of ran out of time. And I, Mm -hmm. I have to think like if they had kept filming for a couple more weeks, it does not feel like with this LaToya and Drew situation and also with whatever's going on between uh, Kenya, Portia, Marlo. It doesn't feel like we're at any sort of natural conclusion. And I can't really imagine that with one more episode, we're going to get there, which makes me excited for the reunion. But at the same time, a little frustrated that it felt like the beginning of the season was pretty slow. And then now we really have more going on, but it doesn't feel like we're really going to get the full arc. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like the Marlo Portia stuff is like happening in real time on social and also Marlo Shamia, which is a lesser kind of situation because neither of them are housewives, regardless of how much of a spiritual housewife we all think of Marlo as. But this stuff with Toya and Drew, it's just so the info that they are sharing, it's just so wildly in such wild opposition to the other person's story. Like if you hear Drew say it, she's saying that this person who is a spiritual leader, I believe in some way in her congregation, this prophet is a a, a member of the family and they knew his family very well and, and had chosen him to, you know, preside over this baby 
christening or something naming celebration well not naming but like celebration yada baby yada blessing yeah I, that's not a thing i'm familiar baby with blessing, but whatever yeah same shalom but 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 the, this moment in this child's life and obviously you want the person to lead that who you have respect for just like it's not the same thing as like choosing a godparent, but obviously it's a symbolic gesture, albeit specific to a ceremony. You want it to be somebody that you respect. And it sounded like somebody that you had a relationship with. And so they knew this person for years. Again, according to Drew, they knew that he has a young child and was engaged at this point and allegedly participated in some form of adultery or whatever with Toya which had impacted his personal life and they decided as a result made him no longer a a solid choice if you listen to Toya she did some like Wednesday night class spiritual session with him (laughs) and that for four weeks or six weeks depending on what scene she was in. right I want to bring that up because I I picked up on this during the episode and then um the talk of shame, Kiki Monique, who we love, she posted these love. clips on her story. So she told Candy at this small business event that she took the Prophet's six-week program for life coaching. And then when they go to Bailey Wine Cellar and they're hanging out as a group, in the very next scene, she says she took a four-week program for spiritual advising. So not only is it not only is it a different amount of weeks, but it's also that doesn't sound like the same course. <laughs> and I think they were just like talking. I don't even know if it was a formal thing. She's making it sound like a formal thing. So it doesn't sound in any way like it could be anything less than professional. But your faith and spirituality is always going to be personal. So I mean, yes, but like if if you sign up for a six week class, it's six Wednesday nights in a row. And then the class is like that. that, She's not just saying that she like went to Bible study a few times. And so. Right, 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 right. It's yeah. Like you're saying it's it's strange to me. Like, we can't even get to an answer on, like, is he engaged? Was he engaged? What's that situation? Like, that should be a a pretty black and white answer that we can figure out. And so for, you know, for Drew to be saying he's engaged, he has a baby, um, you know, LaToya basically admitted that she hooked up with him, all of this stuff. And then LaToya to basically be like... None of that is true. Also, I barely know this man. I just took his class. It's like, I don't actually, I don't really believe LaToya, but at the same time, I have a hard time believing that 100% of what Drew was saying is true either. Like, I have a feeling the truth is somewhere in the middle, but it's odd that we're getting such, such different information on stuff that should be like easily verifiable. I mean, Drew said at one point, he called me and told me that you weren't going to come to this event because you were pissed that I knew about what was going on. That is relatively straightforward versus what Toya was saying, which was like, we were running errands and then we ran late and now I'm here. I mean, it sounds like Drew is in conversation with this person. And yet at the same time, she's only interested in blaming this woman that we already know she hates for an affair that that Toya wasn't engaged in an affair it was this person who was allegedly in a relationship or not depending on who you ask who was stepping out on his partner if Toya's separated and she and they're separated heading to divorce or they're separated and they have an agreement they can see other people 
yeah, it's not great if she's participating in some sort of dynamic where you know that there is a partner who doesn't know, but she's not ultimately responsible for the behavior of this man. That's on him. Right. It was the whole preying on the prophet thing is very like bizarre to me because you're taking very misogynistic right like too. you're taking the agency away from this adult man yeah who as far as we know is like very in control of his own choices and mm-hmm. i mean i have no obviously we don't know the specifics of what happened but it's like there's nothing there's nothing that we know that suggests that latoya has been like really you know manipulative or like you know doing something super you know wrong in this situation i understand if if they did have sex i understand if drew would be uncomfortable because it's this person that she has a relationship Mm -hmm. with i think that's one layer of it but the whole the concept that it's like she's preying on the prophet and like doing all of this really like conniving stuff it's like just say that you were just say that it made you feel uncomfortable or that it made you feel weird. Don't turn it into this thing of that. She's like seducing this man and, you know, has the Delilah spirit, which, you know, that's my post-vaccine energy for the summer, the Delilah spirit. But, um, yeah, it just, it's just, we've already had this whole Bolo storyline, which feels so sex, shamey, Mm -hmm. sex negative. Um, you know, that we're like hunting someone down and getting to the bottom of this mystery and then now it's like Drew's taking it to that place again. And I really do like Drew. I've enjoyed her this season, especially, you know, in the last two thirds, I guess. But with this specific thing, it's like, I just feel like she's approaching it and describing it in a way that is unnecessary. Yeah, I think she's st- I think she was a great addition to Housewives. I think she was a great housewife and it's hard to break out on Atlanta specifically because you have so many strong personalities and I think she's done a great job and I disagree entirely with all of her strategy with this but I understand why in an environment in which slut shaming and as you said like sex negativity is running rampant through the season why she would think that this would be just an extension of that because it does sort of fit within this really problematic structure that you know Kenya built and Toya and Marlo have upheld you know you know what sucks it you know sucks, what's crazy but I think she yeah since Portia and Kenya joined in season five there hasn't been a new Atlanta housewife that lasted on the show for more than two seasons um who was who was choosy oh Eva Eva so it's it she was is only two yeah, she was a friend for one season and then mm. a housewife for two. Oh, and so okay, when you say that it's hard to break out, I think that is part of the reason that Atlanta feels like it maybe is in a little bit of a rut or maybe just a little bit stale. Mm. That their cast, I mean, they've had a little bit of people coming and going. And, you know, we've had Sheree come in and Nini came back and then left again. And so it's not like there's been zero turnover, but in terms of really having fresh kind of lifeblood in the cast, it hasn't changed very much since season five. And we're in season 13 now. And Candy, Cynthia, Kenya, Portia, who, you know, that's four out of the five housewives we have this season, Mm -hmm. haven't changed in, you know, nine seasons. And so I think 
I I like them all. There's nobody in the cast that I'm like, ugh, get her out of here. But I do think mm-hmm. we're getting to that point where it's like, I wouldn't be that mad if Cynthia wasn't on the show anymore. I don't know. Like, you know, not everybody needs to hold a peach forever, you know, just because they don't have a Phaedra kind of moment. Yeah, I wonder with Cynthia, I feel like, why not just demote her to friend of? She's giving us she friend of be, energy right now. She would be a, she great, would be a great friend, friend of. of. We have so many friends of. That's the thing on Atlanta. It's like, you have we have tons of friends of, and why aren't some of these people getting promoted? Like, I think the Marlo question, I feel like we've gotten that by now, that if she's okay and and she's participating in this, in the role that she's in and getting paid whatever she is, if she's okay with it, then there we go. I don't know how many friends of this franchise can sustain at a certain point, but I do think Drew was a good addition to the cast. I don't know that I can handle much more of Toya just because she is so reactionary and just watching her on the after show, like the new after show from today where Candy is like trying to dance around like you were wrong in this dynamic and here's why she just is so out of it. She's completely only interested in her side and her side alone. And it's in some ways so her character is like so ugly. I think with some of the stuff that she's done that I'm like, this is just not, I don't need, this is so much of what I don't need right now. Like it served a purpose for this season, but I don't think I could handle another season with her. Well, and if you, so if you contrast her and Drew, who were supposed to be the two new housewives this season, mm-hmm. you know, in all, for all intents and purposes, they still are. You know, Latoya just doesn't have mm-hmm. the peach. I feel like Drew has done such a great job of making herself a part of the group. She really, mm-hmm. the only full time person that she doesn't get along with is Kenya. They've given us some really great, you know, kind of clash moments that dinner where they went and they asked for the check and left early I thought that was a great scene I'm excited to kind of Mm. see where they go in the future and when you think about it she Portia seems to love her Candy Mm. and Cynthia really seem you know like they're cool with her Cynthia I I forget that Cynthia was like technically her into the show the way they at least the way they showed us And so Drew feels like, I mean, even if it feels like we're still getting to know her, she feels like she is a member of this friend group. Whereas LaToya, I feel like besides Kenya for the first half of the season, nobody ever really clicked with LaToya. You know, she and Kenya had their, you know, kiki energy, like, let's do shots, let's take pictures, all this stuff, like they were like obsessed with each other. I think Kenya saw an opportunity to really have someone that would be kind of a loyal soldier to her. And I think she seized on that because Kenya is a very strategic person. And, you know, the people that she does have on her side, like Cynthia and sometimes Candy are not really interested in getting involved in her mess. And so Mm -hmm. I think she seized on that opportunity. But then when she had issues with LaToya and then LaToya kind of tried we saw in that Halloween party episode when she was sort of making her case with Portia she went to the a night in Nice event none of these women really are that interested in having LaToya on their team and I think that 
Halloween party episode before everything went super left, just when she was having these conversations with Portia and Kenya, it felt like we're having this argument, but it's not like with Marlo where they both want her loyalty. It's like, I don't really care. Like, why, why are you bringing this to me? Like, and when you're in a show like this, if nobody in the cast really gives that much of a fuck about you, it's like, why why would you come back for a second season? Like, I felt like it was the same thing with Yovana. When, you know, she, mm. she served her purpose, the whole Snakegate thing, I already forget that that happened. But when it was like, oh, is Yovana coming back for season 13? It's like, Nobody in this cast, particularly now that Nini's gone, nobody gives a fuck about her. And that's a different thing than whether the friendships are genuine, because who knows on any of these shows. But if nobody in the cast is even interested in having you on their team for the show, there's no reason for you to be there. And especially when we have people like Marlo and Shamia, who actually are bringing, you know, more of a nuanced dynamic into the group... I, I just can't imagine why LaToya would come back for a second season because I don't think anybody cares. Did Marlo film at the... So who didn't go to the reunion? Wasn't there somebody who was going to go but didn't? Maybe it was Toya who was going to go but didn't? Um, LaToya... Or, or she, she La, thought she wasn't there was go like a, she did? Yeah, there was like a rumor that she was sick and didn't go to the reunion, but she did. Like, there's photos of her at the reunion. So everybody was there except... Except, I guess, Tanya, who we're never going to see again. Um, Tanya and um, uh, what's her face? Fallon. Um, with the husband. Yeah, Fallon, who right. is kind of a non-starter in many ways, aside from that episode. Yeah, I Fallon was such a strange, strange thing to me because I remember hearing during filming that they had kind of brought in this new girl kind of late in the season. And I feel like what happened with that is it just felt like we already have like three solid friends of four. If you count Tanya for the first, you know, chunk of the season, we don't need another new person that we've never met before. I was really excited Mm -hmm. to see Shamia come back and honestly have her biggest role ever this season. I've enjoyed that. I think Shamia brings a great energy to the group. I think she's fun. I, I love seeing her glam I think she's good in the confessional I'm excited to see her at the reunion but with Fallon it's just like I don't have the energy to like care about another person unless they're really gonna bring something to the show and it 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 fell just a little short the Halloween party I think was one of the most boring weirdly you know just like blah events I've ever seen on a housewives show it felt so wow when they were sitting around that kitchen table and there was no music, no vibe, mm. no no activity, no anything, that episode felt like it was a thousand years long to me. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great. It wasn't. But this is, it's also like the, I keep going back to the COVID times of it all of like, well, they're working in a bubble and blah, blah, blah. But then there's New Jersey and maybe it's because the women of Atlanta are at least a little bit more open to the idea that COVID is happening versus Jersey where they're like whatever we're just having a great they're weekend like, we'll talk to you guys later they're like we're celebrating no no everybody's got to come <laughs> when Teresa 
gathered every it was Teresa or Joe and they were like everybody get close to each other when it was like at the end where they were releasing the paper into the letter I that was the one moment where I was like you guys (laughs) there's like 30 people there oh my god I feel like I have done a good job of um you know sort of suspending my disbelief when I'm watching these shows that it's Mm -hmm. like okay like they have their protocols, like, okay, everybody's getting tested, like, okay, sure. Even with Dallas, there haven't been very many moments where I was like, this is really sus to me. It feels like most mm-hmm. of the time they're kind of in a private area. With Jersey, it is like, <laughs> I don't understand, like, truly how some of this is allowed to be happening. Like, from a state, from like a legal right, from something? from like, like a from, a from like an NBC Universal production. has to follow yeah. these COVID guidelines. I'm like, how many people <laughs> are at this party? Like, because I I understand like obviously I'm sure they're all getting like rapid COVID tests or whatever, but nobody in this situation is remotely like isolating or you know mm-hmm. following any other kind of protocols and so I'm like okay getting a COVID rapid test in that situation doesn't really mean shit like anybody there could still have COVID (laughs) totally and I mean look at what's going on with the Dallas reunion Carrie tested positive she was sitting next to Brandy the best thing to happen to Brandy frankly all season so that Brandy didn't have to be at the reunion in person so that she's going to be like they're fucking shooting the shit back in their hotel rooms it's going to be a nightmare of a reunion cycle because I am, were they, I am, did the cast was they ever even told to isolate for like a day before getting on those planes probably not you know what's so interesting a few a few probably like a month ago at this point deandra was on clubhouse she did a mm. really you you were i know you dropped in she did a, a really amazing q a about it and i like i was on it for 30 seconds and then I had she to so but. she was i mean she was just being super open vulnerable it was right after the episode at um tiffany's birthday where mama d and her mm-hmm. really got into it um mm-hmm. and so th- i mean that was great but she was talking about the reunion and she was saying how nervous she was for it and because of you know stuff that had happened on the show but she also said that because of her health issues that the network or the production company had asked her not to travel until the reunion, like not to take any other trips because they didn't want to risk her getting really sick. Cause I think she was saying something, I don't know exactly what she has going on health wise, but they were worried that if she got COVID, she would get like really, really sick. Um, well, she did get really, really sick when she got COVID. Yes, yeah, she she had COVID. I, I forgot about that. But yeah, right. the, basically, she was saying that they had asked her and she was like, yeah, like, it's funny because, like, everyone else is traveling and I, like, am not, which is fine, but it's, like, funny that I'm the only one who's not supposed to. And I'm kind of like, yeah, why is that? It would not be that wild for them to be like, hey, if you're going to take a family vacation in the middle of a pandemic, can you just do it, like, three weeks before the reunion, not one (laughs) yeah and also if everybody else is taking vacays that still puts deandra into harm because they could be bringing it to her also they're just worried about her spreading it almost carrie was at that um i believe she was at that uh kristen cavallari event like a week and a half before the reunion um which i had a massive side eye at (laughs) but yeah i mean not a single person was masked it's the least shocking thing in the world and i feel like you know, Brandy is really lucky to have such a good sister in COVID. 
um, because, you know, her sisters in Christ are falling short. Um, I, I was honestly like, I haven't really enjoyed this season of Dallas very much. I went into it with an open mind and an open heart. Um, and I haven't been impressed, but I was actually really, you know, maybe against my better judgment looking forward to the reunion because I, there was a lot that I wanted to see them address. And of course, Mm -hmm. I'm sure they still will in some capacity, but I was like really disappointed when I heard the news about Carrie and Brandy because I'm just like, God damn it. Like the two people that I want to be like in the hot seat the most are, you know, like, of course, they're still going to be like in the hot seat, but it just, you know, it's not going to be the same. And I, it sucks. It really sucks. It 100% isn't going to be the same. It was the one saving grace was that there was going to be this moment where there would be a little bit of a reckoning. And for Brandy, who seemingly took a lot of glee out of her, you know, starring role in the Leanne of it all last season to RIP not the folding be held chair. in any way. I mean, listen, where's her? It's going to be in her fucking hotel room. There's going to be a <laughs> knock on the door and someone's going to drop off a folding chair and that's going to be the big reveal for part seven of a 15-part reunion produced in hell. Um, <laughs> I, I just feel like this was the one time where all of this bullshit, what people yeah. have been saying, what many of us content creators have been saying in real time is like, this is horseshit. What is happening right now is not okay. And you would think the reunion would at least be a time when production would pretend to care about that perspective with their you know curated questions and some andy side eye right and like how you know, are you going to hold a woman accountable when she co- came into contact possibly with covid and she's there with her fucking newborn how's that gonna work <laughs> right like are they gonna get the baby a separate hotel room like you know okay the thing is like you know she had she must have had child care arranged for the normal reunion so I'm curious. Yeah, but if you came into contact with COVID, I don't know how you get glam. I don't know who would put themselves in danger unnecessarily. I'm dead you know serious. What I, like, you who know what I want to see? Danger for this. I want to see Dr. Tiffany Moon looking fucking stunning. I want to yeah, see Deandra Simmons looking fucking Killing stunning. And I want to yeah, see gorgeous. Carrie and Brandy looking like death at that reunion. <laughs> no, that's what, that's the opposite of what I want because then they won't be held accountable. Then, the, then it's, then it's the extension of the give me pity. I deserve it. Don't judge me based on my behavior. Based on me, judge me based on my expectations of how you should ignore my behavior as I judge yours. You know, like it's not, we're not getting anything from that. Like, yes, but also I just want, you know how, like, embarrassed Carrie would be to be on that reunion with, like, shit makeup? Like, you just know that she would hate it. Yeah, I want her to feel bad, honestly. I genuinely do. I'm okay with her feeling a little shitty. I think that especially who knows what led to the to her being in a position you know could who knows how she contracted covid but my guess is that she wasn't exactly being on the up and up when it came to um living as conservatively as possible which on dallas is something that these women believe very strongly in. it just doesn't apply when it comes to a global pandemic so i don't know how all of this will work i mean I just feel like it's going to be a weird echo chamber of bullshit and gaslighting that's going to be supported by Cam and um, listened to by as muted as possible Stephanie Holman, who's not going to have a whole lot to say. I just really I feel weird about it. It's just going to be a mess. 
Stephanie and Brandy is like one of the biggest like housewives. I don't want to say fall from grace because Stephanie hasn't really like done anything, but it's like Stephanie hasn't done anything. And I feel like for the first three, you could say four seasons, the kind of vibe of Dallas was always Leanne versus or sometimes not versus, but always the two kind of pillars of Dallas were Leanne and then Stephanie and Brandy. And mm-hmm. this season, obviously we lost Leanne. I think the the show, Leanne needed to go, but the show is kind of naturally in a little bit of a rebuilding phase. You know, sports teams have their, you know, rebuilding years, whatever. Seasons, yeah. I think that's not a bad thing for a show like this. But like... Brandy and Stephanie could have sort of like risen up and like become the like top dogs because Leanne was gone and they have just like fallen so short of that. And it feels like they didn't really want it like thinking about this season because Brandy, obviously, I feel like she came into this season really just wanting people to like leave her alone and like be nice to her Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. she hasn't seemed interested in really having any kind of fun on this show she she seems like she came in for like a redemption tour and like an apology tour and like a I you know I was so sad tour and like I went to racism rehab moment and you know she got that I feel like it went over okay at the beginning of the season. And then by the time they were at that lake house in Austin, it was like so cringe. And Stephanie has just brought nothing to the table. She definitely has fallen into the pattern of defending Brandy when she didn't deserve to be defended. But even that it's like, there haven't been, she's not like yelling and screaming about it. And every other moment she's had has been about her, you know, locker room charity or her locker room charity and it's like I don't I don't care about that it just feels like I don't I don't remember Brandy and Stephanie before this season ever just seeming so uninteresting and like all of a sudden this season I just have no kind I feel like I always liked Stephanie like she wasn't my favorite housewife but she people loved her and this season it's like why are you even here do you want to be here do you care about this do you do you want to earn a check it feels like deandra tiffany even carrie i'll say care about earning a check they're doing something (laughs) yeah i feel like tiffany is at least an engaging and charismatic person and stephanie who had gotten an angel edit in years past it feels like she's just lowering herself to brandy's level so that brandy can see her as a supportive friend or that she can fill this odd job title when it comes to friendship in brandy's eyes which is not really calling her out on anything making sure she's always comfortable and um not content but just trying to make her feel as good as she possibly can regardless of how that looks for stephanie and regardless of true friendship which is holding someone responsible for their actions and behavior so that they can become a better person not worsen yourself to meet them on the way down I don't yeah know. it feels like they like maybe stephanie more than brandy but like they're more caught up with the idea of them being like i like known as 
a duo and like BFFs and they're mm-hmm. like your daily dose of BS um, podcast, mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> I've never listened, never will. Um, I think I listened to one episode. Actually, I you know, I listened to the episode. Like calling people. I listened to the episode that was Brandy by herself reading a prepared statement about her racism rehab. <gasps> Um, oh, I'm sure I, I think you listened to it too. I feel like we talked about it. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot it immediately but, after. But it's like they care more about the idea of them that people like them as friends than the idea that they're mm-hmm. on a TV show and them being BFFs all the time isn't always what the TV show needs. And mm-hmm. it's like, I think on Housewives, it's like we don't. We like seeing, you know, there are friendships we love. Like, we love the idea of certain iconic friendships on Housewives, but we don't care about that more than we care about watching an entertaining TV show. And that's why I think a lot of those friendships, you know, have their rough patches or come to an end because it's like, you're not there to be friends. You're there for something bigger than that. And people that understand that are the best Housewives. And I think they are just kind of showing that they can't really keep it up. And if they don't want to, great. They should leave after the season. And it seems like Brandy is. I don't know about Stephanie, but I don't know. It feels like Stephanie is more interested in being a friend than a person. I need you to be an individual person. You get, you have the right to be able to be a person with your own thoughts and feelings. If you agree with Brandy and with what Brandy has done, then I need to hear you say that so that we can have a conversation about it. But doing what she's doing now, which is staying muted and then having these confessionals that to me feel very, very, very much fed by producers so that they can have somebody saying what the majority or many people in the audience are thinking about all of this and Brandy's reactions. It's just not cutting it. It's just really not cutting it. Yeah, I think something that comes up on a lot of these shows is the idea that being a supportive friend or partner or, you know, family member, whatever, is not the same thing as always saying yes or always telling you you're right or always enabling you. Like, there is a kind of genuine, you know, well-intentioned support that includes holding you accountable and telling you when you're wrong and bringing you back down to earth. And I think we see that on a lot of Bravo shows where people have trouble with those figures in their life who are trying to be actually genuinely supportive and they would rather surround themselves with just yes people. And it's disappointing how much we've seen Stephanie kind of, you know, being okay with being a yes person to Brandy this season. And I wish she was offering a little more, um, hard-edged support. I think Deandra actually has done a great job of trying to be supportive of Brandy in a way that is holding her accountable and a way that's trying to get her to be better, but that's clearly not what Brandy wants and not what Brandy is, you know, accepting from Deandra and she sees it as attacking and as, you know, malicious and stealing her moment of grace, which she has done nothing to earn. Um, and so, yeah, it's like they're you're showing your true colors that it's like you don't actually want to grow or be better or learn or anything. You just want to, you know, remind everyone how sad you are and, you know, profit off of that sympathy. 
Yeah, I think Brandy is exactly what you're saying. It's like doing the absolute worst that she can to show herself as her own like friend of Christ or whatever because she has absolutely refused to humble herself. She has no interest in making any sacrifices. She has no interest in genuinely understanding or empathizing with people's pain unless it is to emote and show how sad she feels to hear these stories. But she doesn't actually activate it into responsible behavior. She's And I get the thinking behind that when we know her mental health journey when we know that she has been in a crisis position and is probably easily triggered into anxiety or whatever else but that does not excuse your responsibility for your behavior and it certainly doesn't excuse additional examples of behavior when you're gaslighting other people into shutting the fuck up or giving you blind you know whatever nonsensical level of support you decide in the moment only you deserve it doesn't add up it's so unbelievably inconsistent and always weighed in brandy's favor and it's like at what point did you decide that would be the process she has exhibited this behavior before she not much has changed since the days in which she refused to speak to stephanie because stephanie was contracted to write a bravo tv blog and brandy didn't like what was said so she said this person was a bad friend who was trying to make her feel bad or whatever else it's like how far we have not gone over the last couple years yeah we've learned nothing brandy we've learned nothing well yeah i mean I I'm really super curious to see what the what direction they go with Dallas because I feel like more uh, it's on the same page with OC right now where if I'm really thinking about how I think it would be smart to move forward which of course we don't mm-hmm. know if Bravo is um is necessarily interested in that all the time it's like, mm-hmm. I really would not keep more than two or three people from this cast of six currently. And I I have a hard time seeing how, you know, just swapping out one or two people would really lead to anything super enjoyable next season. And so I'm I'm so hoping that they actually do you know, really think critically about the casting and about the direction of the show and about where they want to take it and, you know, what's important to them and what is going to be, you know, have potential to be something really cool. And I, I think Orange County is in the same place where it's like, aside from, you know, maybe Bronwyn, maybe Shannon, maybe Gina, nobody else in that cast deserves to come back like it's not working Mm -hmm. and I I hope that we see with these two shows Bravo kind of stepping up to the plate and getting a little more creative and maybe taking a couple more risks because with these shows it's like I I want to believe that they have potential to be great again but I don't believe that they have potential to be great again with you know one new housewife next season and no other changes Mm mm-hmm And with Orange County, it's so funny that you said that because my favorite thing is watching a random person's attempt to housewife and, you know, like possibility of becoming a superstar become absolutely nothing at all. And you posted the Beverly Hills trailer and Elizabeth Vargas commented on your post and daily dish and probably some other bravo accounts as well that said something she was attempting to compare her i guess divorce she was like or whatever with she was Erica like love James it because she's a 
She was like, love it. Yes, uh, glad to know my divorce isn't the only messy trash people are talking about. Ha ha ha. In the tabloids. And when she said, I like in the tabloids. When I first saw it on the post that I posted, I was like, I was like, oh, like good for like, that's kind of funny. Like, that's like fun that she's like. <laughs> I like, like, I, in general, I, I love when Bravo Lebs interact with other franchises on social media. Um, you know, like Jill Zarin commented, wow, you know, she loves the Housewives dramatic moment, you know, so it, it was kind of like, oh, like, yeah, like, get out there, Elizabeth, like, you, you know, rep OC or <laughs> whatever. You, but even though I, you know, really disliked her on the show, um, <laughs> but when I saw that she had commented on multiple accounts... And somebody, wait, exact same thing. Somebody responded to her. Let me see if I can find it in like less than twenty seconds. Um, she on your so, post or on a different one? On my post, she commented. Somebody responded to her, and they said, "How many times are you going to copy and paste the same comment?" <gasps> <laughs> what did she respond? Um, She's did too she, busy did saying she delete the same her thing a thousand I don't see times it anymore. Um, <gasps> she might have. Oh yeah, I don't see it either. I'm looking on your IG. Wait, she must have deleted oh, sure it because she... I swear I, I had it pinned. I pinned the comment. Did Elizabeth Vargas delete her comment? Oh my god! <laughs> wow, breaking <gasps> news here. Elizabeth Vargas knows how to delete. <laughs> she couldn't hang. I'm almost um, proud of her. Wow. No, but somebody commented like, "How many times are you going to copy and paste the same comment on different accounts?" And she was like, "All of them." <laughs> like she responded, oh, and my it's god. like. I, I appreciate someone who's shameless, but that's a little embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, to compare, listen, we both know I didn't watch Orange County, but I heard about it. So I don't know if she was, I think the divorce was like already happening when she filmed Orange County. Yeah, okay. I don't know that it was surprising. Nobody. I don't get how this in her head compares in any way to Erica, except she thinks that the tabloids are talking about her because she considers a Bravo account called Bravo Orange County to be the Daily Mail. Like, the, I think only, she's the only reason anybody cared about her divorce was because she would always bring it up. And then people would naturally ask questions about it. And then she would come back with like, oh, well, like, I can't talk about it. Like, it's it's private. Like, there was like some legal thing where she couldn't discuss the specifics of the divorce until after it was finalized. Um, And so literally the entire season, I say the entire season, that was like 12 episodes. She was like, <laughs> the amount of times that she would be like, oh, well, like, you know, my divorce, blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I can't blah, blah. And then somebody's like, oh, yeah, like, how's that going? And she's like. I can't talk about it. And it's like, get the fuck out of here. She, I I mean, I can't with her. It's just like. She seems like a little bit of a waste, but also so kooky on social. I haven't looked at her social in a long time. She, she is she like thing, but deeply. She's I think, wild. She's kind of like a, honestly, like a little bit of a Mary Cosby energy on social media. Mm-hmm. But like, she knows how Instagram works better, but is still just as like weird on social media um recently one of her dogs got hit by a car and the dog's fine um she was like thank god she was like live documenting the entire thing on her stories like fully talking to the talking to the camera like tears streaming down her face like literally like oh no oh my like 
he got hit by a car. Like, we're going to the vet. He's at the animal hospital. We have to go. And then, like, two minutes later, post another story. We're in the parking lot outside of the animal hospital. Like, two minutes later, another story. Like, we got our baby in the car. We, she's going to the vet. Like, it was, like, her story was, like, little dots at the top of the screen. And she's, like, documenting this whole thing. And I'm, like, put your phone down. Like, have a minute to I mean, yourself. Listen, it was so bizarre. very Cookie Frankel, very Cookie yes. Frankel. When Bethany's poor sweet dog was having a seizure, not Cookie. Was, it was not funny, but it was like I was very upset by it because I was like, I don't want to see your dog dying in front of us and then know that there's literally no one to comfort you except for your driver who you pay to hug you. <laughs> it's so dark. Yeah, I will the, say I appreciated. Ever done. I appreciated within a few um, updates. We knew that her dog Elizabeth's dog was going to be fine, but it was just like okay. it was just like, why are you why are you doing this? It like if you want to like if you want to share and be open with your followers, that's great. I love keeping it real, but it was like we don't need an update of you talking to the camera with like tears streaming down your face every two minutes. You're not Bethany Frankel. And even from Bethany, I don't want that. <laughs> yeah, it's dark. There's like a dark underbelly to when, listen, when housewives self-produce and there's no better example of that than whichever one's, you know, whomever is a housewife who also does her own social, which seems to be a smaller group as the years and seasons go on. So this is like, this is what she thinks drama is, or this is what she thinks will help her with the campaign to become sympathetic. And it's like, no, Bay, like, put the phone down. I don't know. There are only so many peace signs that I can take in a given story. So if you're going to have this (laughs) weird as Dylan does, the peace sign sign. (laughs) It's just a lot. It's just a lot. And it's a lot of nothing. You're just giving me a lot of stuff that I don't want because you cannot give me what we need. I will say I am very encouraged by the amount of time that they are taking before the next season of Orange County. Mm -hmm. They haven't started filming anything. As far as I've heard, they haven't made casting decisions or, you know, sent contracts out or anything. Mm -hmm. And I think that is 100% the right thing to do. And, you know, we know they're not going to cancel it. So I feel like at the very least, it deserves breathing room and to for them to take the right amount mm-hmm. of time and actually you know take the temperature read the room figure out what people want what might work what all your options are because it's like nobody needs another season like we had last season it's not it didn't contribute anything aside mm-hmm. from the like problematicness of it all even without that it wasn't a good season it wasn't entertaining it wasn't enjoyable and I just feel like if your job as a, you know, production company, TV network, whatever, is to create, like, exciting content, it's like, take your time to get it right and figure it out. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. I need Orange County to be better or for it to go away. Like, I I, shit or get off the pot. Do you think that Kelly's going to be back? No. It, okay. I actually thought about that. This crossed my mind for the first time in a while earlier today. I will say it mm-hmm. has been so lovely to not think about <laughs> Real Housewives of Orange County for a while, mm-hmm. which of course is why mm-hmm. I brought it up here. Um, 
But I was thinking about that. I was like, <laughs> I don't think Kelly's going to be back because I don't think very many of them are going to be back. To be honest. I would love it. Would love to not see it. Would love to not see it. I, would I love have, to be able to watch again. I have Make a hard Orange time. County safe again. I have a hard time imagining Emily getting another season. If there's any justice in the world. I mean, I mean, come on. <laughs> Emily Simpson. I can't. I just can't. Um, I won't go. Uh, okay. So then <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't. You know that I haven't watched it. So it's like, I don't know. I can't, I can't imagine, imagine Elizabeth. She's been dumb. I can't imagine Elizabeth getting another season. There's just no mm-hmm. reason. No, no justification. And with Kelly, mm-hmm. it's like, truly, why would they go there? I, you know, even if they had every... Every like you know with season fifteen, it's like okay they don't want to fuck it up. They don't want to you know they want to try and salvage the season. They had so many issues with COVID, whatever. But it's like mm-hmm. it's I can't imagine them deciding that it's worth it. And especially when there's been so much distance and so much time that they have taken. Who's checking for Kelly Dodd? Is anybody talking about her? Like she's not exciting. I feel like Gina is the only one from. OC who I even really like see on social media or whatever. Maybe it's because I like mm. interact with her posts more. I don't know. Also I'm blocked by Kelly, so I guess that explains that. But like <laughs> nobody even cares about Shannon. Like to be honest, I feel like she has kind of fallen off. <laughs> but I do think if if Tamara comes back, which seems fairly likely, Super possible. I think it would be yeah. I think it would be like stupid not to keep Shannon. So for that reason, yeah. I'm like down for Morbidor. <laughs> I mean, Shan, no choice but to I know, I know. stand, but also consciously uncouple. I don't know. It's like there's a lot. And listen, the love that I have for Heather Gay, I don't want to say it's eclipsed the love that I have for Shan, but I don't know oh. who Shan is right now. I haven't seen her in so long. I don't know her journey. I, I'm nervous about things that I've heard about her. I just want her to be okay but if she doesn't want that if she do, if she wants that less than I do that's not necessarily a great space to be in you know I can't want her to yeah. be a better person than she does or she well, is I think, I think Shannon we've talked I think we've talked about this with Beverly Hills that Kyle is a great housewife but she's not an alpha she's not like number one girl in the group mm-hmm. yeah, and she's I think a strong bait, which is why I she's think lasted so long I think Shannon is not that. I think she's kind of similar in that she mm-hmm. has had really great moments, but it's always been kind of in opposition to or with someone who is more of a central player, like with Tamara or Heather Dubrow or Vicky. Mm-hmm. And I think this past season, mm-hmm. part of the reason it felt so flat was because by losing Tamara, they really didn't have any kind of central figure, any kind of like tent pole to hold mm-hmm. up the whole operation. And I think in some ways I feel like they kind of wanted that to be Shannon and it just didn't happen because that's not how, that's not who she is. Maybe they wanted it to be Kelly. I don't know. It just didn't work. Like it felt lifeless and like nobody really had like a direction to go. I don't know. 
Why are we talking about OC? Yeah, someone needs to be driving. Well, someone needs to be driving the train in Orange County. Yeah, and like, uh, and nobody say is. say nobody whatever is. you want about Tamara Judge, but she knows how to drive the fucking train. She does, and she knows how to talk about it. She knows everything that a person could ever know about trains and anything else. So, Tamara, I guess if you're listening, um, I don't know. Maybe welcome back. I don't know. There's, I, I'm nervous that they may think keep you know bring back Tamara and then maybe keep Kelly but I'm hopeful that they will acknowledge mm. that that's really honestly not worth it for anybody it's just so it's yeah. just not a good choice it's not a good choice and there's Tamara's a nightmare so she's going to give us toxic relationships it doesn't have to be with Kelly specifically speaking of bringing people back what are your thoughts on Dorinda and Tinsley how do how are, what's the vibe how are we feeling Dorinda I'm nervous about because I don't I think she has decided to really stand strong in her somewhat complicated relationship with herself and accountability and everything else and I think she's decided in her head that if she listens to what we thought we heard production and Andy saying to her when it came to like taking a second that she's decided that if she listens to that and changes some of her behavior lifestyle choices that that will mean they were right to put her to essentially suspend her put her on pause or whatever and I think she wants to prove that wrong as much as she possibly can and I'm nervous that she if she came back next season not this one that's already you know right been produced and is about to air but the following season I'm nervous that it would be a darker version of the Dorinda that we just saw because I think she's really digging deep into the not necessarily learning stuff but and I would love to see her back on New York I just don't know what circumstances would be appropriate let alone realistic for her to come back and be able to like I hate to say it, but perform. And I love Tinsley yes. and I would love to see Tinsley back. And I think she's really, she's got that name stuff and the glam stuff and the whatever else stuff and would love to see it and would love to see her and Dorinda, you know, engage in something, but have it be a relatively better environment in order to do so. I think Dorinda has a lot of anger and she can only express it through her hatred of Tins. To be so honest, I don't know. That's I a think long and short of it. I don't know. If if Tinsley, I think with Tinsley, if she comes back to New York, is she, I don't know if she's back in New York. I don't. She's probably in Palm Beach. I don't really check for her. Yes, yeah, I think she's probably in Palm Beach. Yeah. But if she's in New York, or you know, she can book a flight. If she wants to come back, to me, it's a no brainer, because yeah, agree. I think. She had enough of a, the way she left the show was graceful enough that I think that story arc of her kind of picking back up the pieces, you know, probably when they start filming season 14, it'll be like, I don't know, six months-ish since she and Scott broke it off. She'll Mm -hmm. still be in that place where she's kind of like, you know, readjusting, figuring shit out. Mm -hmm. I think that would be just like, an amazing storyline to see on the show. And I think with New York, part of the issue that I think has cropped up in the last few seasons is that most of these women, for the most part, don't have that much kind of going on in their personal lives, mm-hmm. at least that we're seeing on the show. Nobody's really had meaningful relationships. The closest kind of that we got was Dorinda and John, which like mm-hmm. was never really a main storyline. And... Right. 
you know, we had Luann's legal stuff in the like a, now a few seasons ago. But I think part of the reason New York has to me, I still enjoy it, but I think it's stagnated a little is because it just doesn't have the plot that a lot of Housewives shows have. And so it tends to rely on like the drunken antics and the, you know, it just, it feels a little repetitive. And I think that Tinsley coming back would be an amazing kind of story moment that we don't get from New York every season. Whereas with Mm -hmm. Dorinda, I think it's a lot more complex. Like you were saying, I think it really depends kind of how this season goes and then what production decides is kind of the move in the future. Cause if you think about like, at some point we have this like trifecta of Ramona, Sonia and Luann and like, are we just accepting that all three of them are going to stay on the show forever? Like, is that just like where we're going? Cause I feel like if they're all still there, then Dorinda coming back works kind of for sure. But it's like, what if they fired Ramona? Like, where does the show even go? It's it's, so it's interesting Mm -hmm. just to think about if this season goes really well, if Ebony has a great season, if, you know, Bershawn decides to stick around, if Tinsley's coming back, like the show could look very different a year from now than it did when Dorinda left. And I think it's, it's just like too soon to know but also, you know, we love Dorinda, but it might not be what's actually best for exactly. the product that we get to enjoy. Yeah. And also just for Dorinda's soul. I just think that there's other stuff that she that it's not going to help her in her career with Bravo if she comes back in the same positioning herself in the same way that she the same way she was doing during her last season. It's just not going to be a, ben- a benefit to anybody, most especially herself. I'm really curious to see. Um, so her book is coming out in August. It was just announced. And. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so nervous for that book launch. I'm so nervous. So, yeah. So I'm curious. So the book, I feel like the book is what it is. But I'm nervous for her to be doing press for the book. Press? And like, I feel like that will be kind of telling because if she, if we start getting, you know, quotes from 42 different interviews that she did where she's talking about the book and then all of a sudden she's like, fuck Tinsley, I feel like that is going to be tough. But then I could also Mm -hmm. see her using the book as an opportunity to kind of like rehab her image a little bit or kind of just like talk about herself more than, you know, kind of giving quotes about everyone that she's ever come into contact with on television. It's, it could go either way, but I just feel like, I don't know. I, I hope it, I just, I hope she doesn't like, I hope she doesn't do something foolish. <laughs> I, I like cringe about it. Cause remember that clubhouse we were on with her and it, I just felt that she, I don't know that she really wants to talk about this stuff anymore, and yet it's, uh, it's a part of her, and I, I do believe that she really does want to return. And there's some ask, there's some, there's a little bit of a zaroning there, and I want her to veer left. You know, I don't want her to go into the territory where this becomes that thing that she feels not used by, but sort of betrayed by, because she always thought that she would be a part of it once she joined. Right, and I think because people. You know, people get on these shows and they 
they hear the hype, you know, they see all the tweets and mm-hmm. they see all the memes and whatever. And Dorinda was a fan favorite. I mean, she was on the show for mm-hmm. what, like six six seasons, I think. She had a great career, a great career on it. And people people loved her. I mean, obviously she did not have like a completely smooth housewives journey, but in general, mm-hmm. I feel like she was always really well received on the show aside from specific moments where it was like (laughs) Dorinda has anger issues but so I think when you're in that situation it's like all of a sudden you're not asked back for the next season or whatever and you feel like something was like taken away from you that was supposed to be supposed to be yours and like everybody loves me why it's such it's such a silly mistake for them to not bring me back and I understand why you would feel that way in that situation. But it's like, at the end of the day, the people on Twitter are not the ones who are, you know, making the decisions. And, you know, that only is ever going to matter so much to the casting department. And it's not that it matters zero, but like they have other things that they're taking into consideration and that they're thinking about. And I think with somebody like Dorinda, I hope that she doesn't have too much bitterness about it because I think if you actually look at it, there were real reasons why it made sense for her to be put on pause. And it wasn't just like the people in production are haters. Tinsley. Yeah. Right. And it wasn't like a team Tinsley kind of strategy. And I also, it makes me nervous that she's the only person she's been spending real time with via texting calls, whatever is Bethany because Bethany is in a different position than she is. So when Bethany potentially talks shit to her, about you know the experience of being on New York and whatever else Bethany doesn't need it financially or in other ways and and Bethany's maybe being a little disingenuous about the power about the power of um of you know remaining on the franchise and what can happen Mm -hmm. to you when you leave you know Bethany's in a very very different dynamic has a much different career a very rare one extremely you know financially successful and is now working on these other projects. And I just get nervous for Dorinda that if that is her person who is helping advise her, I just feel like she needs someone in her corner who's maybe a little bit more realistic and is right. a little bit more focused on what are like attainable goals. I mean, it's like asking for when you're planning a trip and you're asking for hotel recommendations from your friend who makes twice mm-hmm. as much money as you do. It's, I mean, you can trust that their recommendation is going to be a nice place to stay, but it's probably not your budget. And so it's like Dorinda, I hope she's not, you know, I don't know how Bethany gives advice, but I don't necessarily trust that Bethany is like thinking holistically about Dorinda's situation when she's (laughs) giving her advice about how to talk to Andy Cohen. Like, so it's, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, I I like Dorinda a lot. I've met Dorinda. I've mm-hmm. talked to Dorinda. I think she is, mm-hmm. you know, a really lovely person a lot of the time. And I want the best for her. And I hope that she, like like we were talking about earlier, I hope that she has genuinely supportive people around her that aren't just like, you're right. They were so mean to you. Like, yeah, fuck them. Like, they didn't, they put you on pause. Like, okay, pause, bitch. Like, I hope that that's not the only people she has in her life because I think it would do her a lot of good to have some some really supportive people in the way that actually is supporting you to grow and, you know, be your best self. 
And by grow, we don't just mean inflating the prices of your sweet little gift shop because it was like a million dollars for a mug. It's a million dollars for a mug, Dorinda. Or your, no, babe. Or your, you can't pay that. Or your uh, Sonia Morgan New York clothes that you're selling on Poshmark. Oh, my God. The, the amount of times that I have looked at what Dorinda is selling, what Carol has sold – the hours I could get back, but who would even want them at this point? Anyway, sometimes, sometimes um, I'll get a DM yeah, from me. someone that's like, "Did you know that Dorinda has a Poshmark?" And I'm like, "Did did I know? Like, yeah, like I'm well aware. <laughs> like, not I only a third of the closet. Like, like not only have I actually posted about it before, so like, yes, I am like publicly aware, but also I personally have had much enjoyment from Dorinda's Poshmark." Listen, she's still bringing joy into our lives, and we are so grateful. And Dylan Hafer, you made it nice. I am so thankful for you back on the People's People's Couch. It's so <laughs> weird to me when we record because I really do talk to you so fre- – we talk to each other so frequently that I genuinely think, like, oh, you were on, like, a week ago. <laughs> but it's just because, you know, it's It's crazy, though, because I think this is, like, the third or fourth time I've been on, and the first time... No. But only once did I get to do it in person. And so, you know... <gasps> one you know, t- but you now- were my COVID booking. We were going to record oh in God. mid-March. I, I forgot about that. And I don't know. It was like March... It was like March like 14th or something. And you were like... You were like, I don't know... And I'm like, okay, like what? I'm like, it's up to you. Like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, um, it was in the span wow. of a week from early to mid March. I went through the process of like, maybe this is gonna be bad. To like, oh, this is going to be very, right. Because at one point, you you hit me with the like, let me know if you don't feel comfortable, and I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Which was me opening the door to I don't feel comfortable. You know, you you were early on the pickup train. I mean, we that was the week I started working from home. It, it is wild to think how mm. in 13 months how much has changed. But hey, we're both vaccinated uh vaccinated yeah. bitches, so we can yes. once again soon be on the real people's people's couch. Oh my god, you could come on the people's people's Isn't that couch. crazy to yeah, think I'm of like within like I got my second dose a couple days ago, so I'm still in that like two week so whatever. Two yeah, you have like a week. But and it's a half like left. Yeah. within a matter of like a days I can count, I could just like mm-hmm. do stuff that I haven't thought about doing in thirteen months. It's very strange. Yes, it's it's very strange. It opens up, and also everybody has their own level of comfort, and I right. think people need to take that into account too. That at the end of the day, trust yourself and your instincts, and and um, educate yourself with like actual, you know, like news stuff or whatever, and you know, make good choices that are safe for you and your families, and do the best you can because, you know, I think there's something to be said for actively looking for safe things to do that make you feel good and we cannot be living this is nothing to do with not living safely but the idea the trauma that happens from living in a place of such fear and anxiety Mm -hmm. for ourselves and loved ones that does real defining damage to our psyche and our souls and I think it's important that as we look to the future we are thinking to ourselves, I need to get vaccinated. I need my loved ones to get vaccinated because I want to see them again. I want to go to dinners again. And there's a positive spin we can put on 
the months we have in front of us as, you know, people that we know who don't have access to the Vax are able to get appointments and everything else. This is one of those ways where we can say, okay, here's a positive thing. And it's directly related to me making smart choices, getting vaccinated, continuing to wear a mask and everything else, you know? And at the end of the day, you got to do what's right for you and try not to shame those who are living differently. And I'm, I'm very excited. I'm seeing my family next month for the first time since 2019. Oh my God. And you know what? I can't fucking wait to go back to the movie theater. That's the like, I can't wait. I'm excited. And, you know, I'm going to go there and sit in my sit wearing my mask the whole time and, you know, be a responsible (laughs) citizen. But my AMC A-list is just hot, hot and ready to be reactivated. I miss those $6 AMC Tuesdays. They were so delightful. I have seen so many movies for $6. Thanks to AMC and Union Square, wherever else. And guys, if you're not following Dylan, not only Bravo by Duchess, but also at Dylan Hafer, he posts these amazing movie reviews and is a total movie guy. So you must follow him and also check out his movie reviews, which are saved to a highlight because yes. I often go to him and he is a total um, cinematic tastemaker, which I always appreciate. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I started doing those and people liked them. So I kept doing them. Yes, (laughs) And I love them. I'm like, oh, my God. And also reminds me, like, I still haven't seen Tina, which I need to see. There's like stuff on my list. But, you know, I'm probably going to just rewatch something stupid. I'm watching. I'm back. I'm backed up on Kardashian stuff and I love them. I need to. to I'm I'm now like three weeks behind on Married to Medicine and I need to catch up. It's so bad. Oh, I just caught up this morning and it's just. It's like, you know, it's it is what you you would think it is very it's excellent TV and the the Jackie and Simone of it all. This is, I think, just going to continue for the rest of the season. It's wild. I don't understand the bringing back of previous cast member stuff. I'm confused by it. You're not into you're not feeling Carrie. It's not even Carrie. I actually understand the Lisa Nicole of it all does not make a list. Is she back already? So you need yeah, she came back last night. Oh, okay. Then I need to catch up ASAP. Lisa Nicole, I put it's in the very same. Weird. Lisa Nicole for me is in the same bucket as Alexis Bellino, which is like <gasps> insufferable people who I think were perfect for <laughs> their roles. Their time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I call Alexis like a, a previous generation. I call Alexis my idiot queen. I <laughs> I I love me some Alexis Bellino. But at the same time, would I want her back like as a housewife? No, she can come to dinner oh. once a season and say something stupid and I love her for mm-hmm. it. And I feel like Lisa Nicole maybe belongs in the same place where, you know, I will never get tired of rewatching you and your lesbian relationship. You know, she and Quad, <laughs> you know, I loved all of that. But it's like, I don't need Lisa Nicole to be like currently on Bravo. Completely. No, I completely agree. And honestly, the cameo that she was in this week, I was like, I just don't get why. I just honestly, this cast is too good for don't 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 look right. to the past, step forward into the future. You have Contessa, you have Heavenly. Lisa Nicole is not. I don't understand the value that she is bringing aside from being a flash from the past. I just say keep it moving. You've got an excellent cast this season. You do not need to deal with this. I do. But Carrie, if Carrie wants a cameo, I'm into it because I think she's. Like I said, I am a few weeks behind, so I haven't seen the context. But Carrie also has is friends with Toya, always has been friends with Toya. They are genuinely friends in real life. Very good friends. So it's a little bit like a Portia and Shamia situation where she's always around Mm -hmm. a little bit. She comes to a party here and there. For them to say, hey, come around a little bit more while we're filming is not so 
far-fetched whereas like with mm-hmm. somebody like lisa nicole it's like nobody in this group is actually like hanging out with lisa nicole right also is her husband hanging out with her like do we really want to open that door again because that was difficult that well, was so a difficult moment her husband hangs out with her um you know, probably like four times a week, but she thinks it's six times a week. But the time they're not good with dates. You know, they've been married for twelve years. He's been faithful times. for ten. <laughs> one of the most low key, horrific, amazing moments of any show on Bravo. I cannot. I will never get over that. He's like, it's and the been look in her uh, eyes, look uh, in his, uh, like six Honestly. years. <laughs> impeccable television excellence guys if you're not watching married to medicine you need to dylan hayfer i could talk to you forever but kim chloe and um not actual kanye because they're going through the divorce right now are uh are on my um to-do list tell the people how to follow you and listen to mention it all which we didn't even mention mention it all about mention it all mention it all it's uh three episodes a week short and sweet we recap all your favorite Mm. shows and talk about you know, the latest Bravo drama. Um, you can listen to it anywhere you listen to your podcasts like Andy's Girls. Just type, 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 mention Woo! it all. Um, and yeah, we put out three episodes a week. It's great. You can follow me on Instagram at Dylan Hafer. And make sure to follow at Bravo by Betches. If you listen to this, there's no 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 reason you shouldn't be following Bravo by Betches. <laughs> Truly, the, the Venn diagram is a circle. So... <laughs> So get to it. And Bravo by Betches, I'm obsessed with, obviously, and not just because you're the creator of it and it's super popular and amazing. Um, So, guys, if you're not following, you need to. I know you're not following me, though, at Dame Galley, which I'd love for y'all to do because that'd be super. And also Patreon.com, the number one way to support uh, me, myself, and I um, and get exclusive bonus episodes, invites to special events, and more. As I said, a live reaction episode truly unpacking the Beverly Hills trailer in great, great detail. Uh, you can find that at patreon.com slash Andy's girls. Always appreciate. if you are enjoying Andy's girls, subscribe to the pod rate it five stars on iTunes. Unfortunately, anything less according to and dead serious, the iTunes standard of it all when it comes to pod ranking literally a 4.98 is their new version of a zero so i always say stars i always say feel free to be constructive in your review but you don't need to that doesn't need to be reflected in the stars (laughs) but also don't be constructive yeah yeah i mean maybe don't feel free maybe don't feel free but if you hours a week if you can't resist giving a note fine but a five-star review can't hurt if you can't resist giving a note, slide into my DMs so I can block you immediately. It's true. it's you're doing me a true, favor, true. which I love to do. Um, unsolicited opinions in the negative are my favorite thing to ignore every day and then do the exact opposite of whatever said because I am that bitch. Dylan, I could talk to you forever, but um, I need to accidentally take a nap, which I know is going to end really terribly for me um, and society at large, which is really my main concern these days. Obsessed with you, Jai for you love you forever thank you so much for coming back i can't believe only four times on ag i don't don't know i've been on like 10 well my first time on was like beginning of 2020 so it's only been like a year and change wow okay well anyway i guess i'll see you next week thank you so much thank you so much for having me this has been a pleasure always a pleasure 
pleasure. Always a pleasure. Okay, I'm going to send you a 10-minute voice memo in three seconds. <laughs> Guys, hope you're doing okay. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.